Hello, my name is Love Afrifa, and you're listening to For The One Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to For The One Podcast. It has been a long time, but I'm so glad to be back. Um, So today we're talking about racism in the Bible, and that's a very very big topic but we've broken it down today and I actually have a guest in the virtual studio with me um and it's my best friend Tatiana so Tatiana um she went to Baylor with me we um were mentors in the same program we basically grew up together we became really good friends um we started going to church together she's the one who actually drove me to church for a really long time um and we just became super super close and yeah now she's my best friend and we talk all the time and she's gonna be the one kind of helping us with this discussion as well she is a mexican-american she is just so brilliant and so smart and so 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 in tune with the word of god she was a religion major at baylor university as well so of course, she is culturally sound. She understands um, her culture, but other cultures as well. But she's also just an extremely open-minded individual. And so I'm super excited to have her in the studio today. She's going to, yeah, so I'm going to let her talk a little bit and introduce herself too. Wow, that was such a nice introduction. I'm crying. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. Wow, I think, stop. I think you summarized it pretty well. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, No, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I hope that my wisdom and insight um, actually provides some sort of clarity to some people. I mean, obviously, I just want to give that caveat that I'm not perfect. um, And I'm obviously not Mm. claiming to be, but, you know, just the goal is to learn. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Oh, and thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. I also think you're a really good listener. Um, and so I think it's really important to emphasize that as well. So especially when discussing really hard topics like this, I think it's really important to have people who listen well, um, also, of course, speak well, but also listen really well. So yeah, so so I'm going to kind of give an outline of what we're doing, of what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to first start off with really talking about why racism is biblically wrong and give multiple examples on why um, racism is wrong and what we can extrapolate from the word of God that says racism is blatantly wrong. Because um, it's important to note that people actually did use the Bible to condone uh, mistreatment of other people. And that is, of course, anti-Bible. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk, so me and Tatiana are going to each talk about our personal experiences with racism and how it's impacted our walk with God and, of course, how understanding and knowing who Jesus is has impacted our views on racism as well, so vice versa. And then, of course, we're going to talk about practical next steps that you can take um, and our closing thoughts about the whole thing, but, of course, we are going to pray first. Father God, thank you so much for being here with us, Lord. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to speak about you and about the things you love and the things that you care about. But also, Lord, talk about the things that make you sick and that you hate it and that um, and racism is one of those things, Lord. And we know that you have given us so much clarity and insight in the word of God. And we're just going to look at that today and dwell on that today, Lord. Thank you so much for Tatiana. Um, and I thank you so much that she was willing to do this today, Lord. And I pray that you give her the strength to be able to talk about these hard things, but in a way that honors you. Of course, Lord, and thank you so much for your ears all the time in prayer. 
Jesus mighty name. Amen. Part one, why racism is biblically wrong. So really, for any person who says they are a Christian, who calls themselves a believer, and thinks that racism doesn't even exist, and that all this things about all lives matter, and only one race, and all these things, you know, the fundamental idea of that is correct. But in execution, it is ignoring the bigger problem. And I and we're going to talk about all of that mm-hmm. today and what you can extrapolate from the word of God on that issue as well. But before we get started, I wanted to talk through some definitions. OK, so this is straight out the dictionary. OK, this is recent. This is um, accurate. And so first of all, let's just talk about the big word racism. Racism is prejudice, discrimination or antagonism directed against a person or people group in the United States of America, but also like the world, the majority of people are light skinned. Okay. There are light skinned people. The white Caucasian group in the United States is the majority group. Yeah. So that's that. So now we're going to talk about a little bit about white privilege. And one way we saw online that um, was a really great way it was defined was that um, white privilege doesn't necessarily negate that you've had a hard life. It's just saying that your skin color hasn't made it harder, okay? Mm -hmm. And so uh, the Bible talks about different people groups and death and diverse people groups with diverse customs. So the Lord isn't blind. He's not saying like, oh, we are all human. Like, this is all the human race. Like, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. But obviously there are people with customs, different belief systems, and different places in the world that believe different things about God. And so part of the reason why I really wanted to touch on this and Tatiana, of course, you're going to be able to speak on this as well is the fact that if you're ever going to witness to these people you can't ignore the fact that they have a different custom they have a different religion they have a different way of thinking about life than you do right um even talking about in church dr martin luther king said that sunday mornings 11 a.m the worship services those church services are still the most segregated hour in America. And I, when I read that, I was really, really taken aback because I looked at my church, and I'm going to be honest, when I was in Waco, my church was very white. But now that I'm back home, it's very predominantly African, you know? And why is that? And we're going to talk about those things, too, a little bit. But, yeah, I just really wanted to talk to Tots about why people are so quick to denounce their privilege and what she thinks about that and, of course... Just opening up dialogue in that area, too. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this is a big topic. It's yeah. a heavy topic, and and it is one that, like, uh, especially recently, I've thought a lot more about, but it's not the first time that I started thinking about it. You know, I think the first time when I really started kind of opening up my mind and just, like, searching more for answers was when the whole um, Alton Sterling happened Mm. and that's when like you know black lives matter became a really predominant movement and ever since then you know like that's when the word privilege had started getting thrown around more and like acknowledge your privilege acknowledge your privilege and like now a lot of people are like oh my gosh like stop talking about privilege like blah 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 but i think it's an important aspect of why the world is the way that it is um and it is a world issue it's not just an american issue i do want to say that Uh, it is something that perpetuates all over the world um honestly to make it as simple as possible i think people just don't want to deal with their pride um 
I think it's so easy in this country to like kind of put a band-aid of pride over all of our wounds where it's like we kind of know our history you know like we obviously leave out the really bad parts but we kind of cover that with like oh but it's so great to be American you know like American pride like we're the best (laughs) nation in the world and like honestly I love being American I do I think Mm -hmm. we are a very blessed nation but that doesn't mean that we're perfect people acknowledging their privilege means it's like almost as if you're directly attacking them in a sense it's a source of pride uh, more so than anything so Mm -hmm. um, yeah I would totally agree and I think it's more even like a wounded pride issue because I feel like um when -hmm. people hear the word privilege it sounds like they didn't um they didn't work hard for what they have or they did it was given to them easily and so for us Mm -hmm. to say oh you have privilege it's like no I worked hard for this like that's that's kind of the lashback I've been hearing but it yes. truly could roots down to pride like you take pride in the things that you work mm-hmm. hard for and for anyone to assume like oh this person has privilege like it must have been so easy for them to have that they must have rich parents or blah 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 you know that's right. where the woundedness in the pride comes from and I know especially after studying a lot of this stuff that privileges is something that everyone has yes. every single person on this planet has some form of privilege whether that be if they're alive or not right now, if they can walk, you know, I didn't even think about that. I did a um, privilege walk kind of situation where we walked around the room Mm -hmm. and read off all these different types of privileges. And I didn't even think about being able-bodied as a privilege. Can you believe Mm -hmm. that? That's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, it's definitely a privilege. And I think that if you spend more time in gratitude and thinking about the things that you have that others don't, it's really easy to recognize your privilege and what God has been so gracious to give you. Um, So, yeah. So um, Mm -hmm. I also kind of wanted to talk about um, how you said that, of course, that uh, the world is kind of dealing with this racist kind of undertone but Mm -hmm. I definitely want to highlight because we both live in America um, America's original sin of that um, American slavery and how it was very different than slavery and things in other parts Mm -hmm. of the world but um, I was really looking into that and thinking about it from a biblical point of view Mm -hmm. Um, and I found this really like really excellent quote that talked about American slavery being the failure which keeps us as American people from addressing our other failures right Mm -hmm. people are so quick to talk about how slavery isn't a thing anymore and we're not going to talk about it anymore and like let it go it's in the past blah 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 but by not addressing it we're actually kind of ignoring the fact that it's brought up a lot of other failures as a nation right Mm -hmm. um and then it got me thinking about sin and how in general when we don't address the sin that's going on in our life it kind of keeps us blind to the other sins that are kind of stemming from that place right so like for example a prideful heart right Mm -hmm. that might look like one thing in one area of your life but it might look like another in another area and so it's really hard to even identify that as pride because it looks like two different things manifested and i felt like in a similar way um slavery like america's sin of slavery has like completely made the justice system like not even a thing because it's really biased Mm -hmm. um and it's gotten into other parts of our institutions our schools and things like that even education is biased and it really all does stem from not treating people the way they deserve to be treated and yeah so i kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i think you're so right that it is something that i feel like america loves to 
just kind of sweep under the rug mm-hmm. and try to forget about. But I think that that is that is why we're in the predicament mm-hmm. that we're in. Um, yeah. Because pride is, I think that that is what is really keeping us from just moving forward. Because if we humbled ourselves as a nation and just admitted to our wrongdoings and admitted that, mm-hmm. like, hey, we do have things that we need to fix, and hey, like, maybe we should start fixing them um, instead of constantly saying, like, nothing is wrong, we're the greatest nation, and we're fine, and that is in the past and we've moved forward but that's obviously clearly not true we have so many instances where systemic racism is just rampant you know and and people are tired of hearing about it but it's like people are tired of experiencing it you know Mm. and and it's just like it's just time that we as a nation just recognize that like hey we're not perfect and that's okay because we're a bunch of imperfect people who don't have all the right answers and i think we need to get out of that headspace that glamorized version of america doesn't exist yeah. and we need to fix that like we need to fix what is wrong in our world and in yeah. our american world and the sooner we do that the further we can get ahead of it like where we can eventually mm-hmm. become a really great nation not that we'll ever become the greatest nation and i don't think that's something we should strive to be i just think totally. we should be a better nation going back to like um the original sin of slavery like it's so hurtful to just yeah pretend it didn't happen because we know it did like everybody knows that it did so just Mm. like what's the point of trying to cover it up and Mm. i'm really hopeful for our generation that you know we eventually do dismantle all these horrible systems that we have in place but um yeah again just going back to the whole pride thing like i know i keep saying that but i think that is what is hurting us the most and and like mm. just even tying it back to the bible like i love to say this because i think it's so true but there's a verse that says like god opposes the pride full heart like he wow the reason why we don't see wow. god anymore we're opposing him yeah. through our pride and wow. like that's as a nation so, yeah as a nation like we have pushed god away mm. because we think we know better and in humility is when we meet god I totally agree. Um, And I feel like, and I read this online too, but like any other book, the Bible can be misused by those who misinterpret its teachings. And so a really cool example I found was like, when a doctor misuses medicine, we blame the physician and not the science. And I think in the same vein, you know, even in today's world, people are really um, quick to blame God for the injustices we see in this world, right? But people are out here making this stuff happen. People are out here being racist to other people. God is not telling this person, go be racist. In his word, which we're about to dive into, it actually says the exact opposite. Um, And so I really want to emphasize that when you're responding to racist people who have misused the Bible to justify slavery, please blame the racists and not God. (laughs) Because God definitely loves people he wouldn't have given us culture if he didn't think it was beautiful and so um yeah so what does the bible really say about racism and so i've done the research we're gonna read some scripture here but the bible denounces racism in many 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 ways okay first and foremost at the very beginning of the bible we are all created by god Again, human story begins in Genesis where God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created us male and female. He created us. So again, every person is intentionally created by God in his own divine image. And therefore, 
every human being is sacred and equally valuable. Every form of racism, by definition, must be rejected, okay? So Tots, I wanna hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> yes, so with this, I love this verse mm. for so many reasons, uh, especially when, I don't know, I, I just think it, it captures the vision that God had for people. And yeah, when we say that God, like we're each created in God's image and just how diverse we are individually like as individual people even within our own Ooh. genome like we are unique yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i think like that is the expression wow. of god like god loves uniqueness like if you go to if you just look outside at flowers like you see how they're so unique and there's yeah. so many different types of plants there's so many different types of just landscapes like anything that god created has its own unique aesthetic right and so when it comes to people i think the same thing it's just god loves uniqueness mm -hmm. they're all an expression of who he is as a creator and i think that's wow. so beautiful yes. because it's like to think that we are each a piece of god's image and like we're all so different like god is so inclusive yeah. um so inclusive yeah and i think that it, and it hurts to to see that there are mm. people out there who especially when it comes to like race who don't think their skin is beautiful or who don't yeah. think their certain features are beautiful but Oof. um there's just so much beauty and it goes beyond mm. like physical beauty like there's just an intrinsic value to people that is so beautiful there's something valuable about you um and you are a part of God because he decided to create you. And so, right. therefore, like, you are a part of who he is. Yeah. And it's like, and you carry God's yeah. face yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. And that's why I feel like every life is extremely precious. I always think about it in a way, like, when someone dies, we miss out on that part of God. Mm -hmm. Like, in his infinite wisdom he was able to create so many different types of people with so many different types of personalities right. so like part of the reason why i really do believe that every life is precious is not mm -hmm. just because of course god created them but there's a piece of god in them that mm -hmm. we're gonna miss out on if they're not not living a purpose if they're not understanding who they are in christ right god literally was like no i made you perfect and this is how i want you to look like because this is a portion of me mm -hmm. that people will only be able to see through you right yeah Crazy. i think that's that's a beautiful way to put it because i i think i mean i think we've all gone through a phase where we like hated, hated some part of yeah, ourselves yeah, yeah 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 yeah. especially like as a teenager yeah. in high school <laughs> but those are really insecure in the oh, times um oh, the but <laughs> but something but something that really helped me and i'm pretty sure it was on pinterest it's always pinterest but um always pinterest it was like this picture about how or maybe tumblr i don't know one of those picturey websites yeah. where someone had wrote like a like they drew a picture of a basically telling you like you look at a landscape and wow. you think it's so beautiful like regardless of its bumps and its and its wow. imperfections you know um like there's holes there's craters there's dirt and you think it's beautiful and it's like why couldn't why can't you see that for yourself wow. because you are also created in that way where it's so unique and ever since then like i started looking at myself as that like it's yeah. just like god created wow. me 
that way, but more special, you know, and more unique. And it's just like when you start to see that, like you become Mm -hmm. very, very uh, just thankful, I guess, in a way, or just very confident in that because you're like, wow, like I'm unique and there's nobody else like me. Yeah. And I I love the way that you put it too, that like we all carry a piece of God. And I think that that is so true. Uh, that was beautiful and the thing is too with landscape work like it's very detailed work like the same mm-hmm. same kind of thing with very detailed very intentional um very right. thought out same way same mm-hmm. very great example thank you for that thought so i'm gonna have you read galatians three twenty six through 28 and just we're just going to talk about how in the new testament as well the lord made it very mm-hmm. clear that in christ jesus we are all one but yeah, I'll have you read right. that first. Yeah. So in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you yeah. as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. Sorry. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians three twenty six through 28. Amen. So yes, every believer is our sister or brother. No one in the Christian family should be viewed as slaves, <laughs> and every person is equally valuable to God, okay? So just diving into this point again, really sending it home. This is New Testament stuff, people. We talked Old Testament. We're now in the New Testament. It is all throughout the Bible. God cares about every single one of the people he's created, and he's made it very clear that no cultural background, no type of work, okay, no gender okay the lord cares about everyone and in christ jesus we are all one but the thing is the lord recognized the fact that there were differences between these people in this verse so for the jewish female he recognized that yes you are a jewish female but in christ you are one and i think it's very important that as believers we put christ as our first adjective believer as our first adjective and Mm -hmm. let that influence every other sphere of our life so instead of saying that you're a african-american christian say you're a christian who's african-american because christian is our new our new kind of one oneness our unity i do think um and tati can speak on this as well people Mm -hmm. really like to just take christian and believer and roll with that and run with that and ignore (laughs) the other aspects of a human of a person Mm -hmm. um and even telling them to ignore the other aspects of themselves. When again, I think the Lord puts that there for purpose. But I also want to hear your thoughts on that too. On why mm-hmm. people are so quick to denounce anything that they feel like could be division. Instead of working. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I think- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I, I think it's so simple to understand that there are people out there who need more attention but what i feel like is the biggest issue is that again like people just don't want to acknowledge that they're a part of the problem um and they just would rather come up with reasons or excuses rather than to just acknowledge that like hey this is an Mm -hmm. issue that needs to be dealt with and unfortunately you have perpetuated this Caucasian people in particular who were like, you know, were born in America, their parents were born in America and so on and so forth. Like they feel personally attacked because again, like they just didn't recognize that they were 
perpetuating this system because they didn't have to like think about it um because it worked for them like they don't want to be uh blamed for it because they're like well i didn't know and so they'd instead of saying like well i didn't know like they'd rather just be like well it doesn't exist (laughs) um and so and i think like that but it's as a defense for themselves to like Mm -hmm. say like well i didn't come up with this right um and so I think, like, that's why yeah. so many people are so quick to just be like, well, all lives matter, or, like, we should all be one race, and blah, 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 blah. And I think, again, it's just to divert the blame. People don't want to be held accountable right. for their actions, and so if we are to say all lives matter, then it doesn't really matter who's dying, because yes. everyone's life matters, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, I'm sure people have already heard the example about if a street, there's a street with a lot of houses on mm-hmm. it, and one house is on fire... The fire department isn't going to go to every house making sure that their <laughs> house isn't on fire. They're going right. to go address the one that's actually burning down. And I think in the same way, and I want to be clear about this because I keep making jokes about all lives matter. All right. lives do matter. But right. specifically right now in this country, we have noticed a pattern. There has been a pattern, but because of video evidence and things like that and it being on social media, there is a more apparent pattern of black people being targeted and murdered by police mm-hmm. officers, people who are sworn to protect all citizens of this country. And so right. because of that, we have to address that issue. That is the place that there's fire. That is the place that we need to address. We, of course, understand mm-hmm. all lives matter. And in Christ, of course, he cares about every single life. But I think the Lord also cried when he saw when George Floyd was being murdered. I think the Lord was really upset. The Lord cares about justice. He is a just God. Mm-hmm part of the reason why it's in the light right now is the lord is trying to get us to address the fact as a church like Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be part of the solution not part of the problem but right that's personal opinion we can go into the next point i also really wanted to talk about how each person is equally welcome to salvation in christ um romans 5 8 says for god loves all sinners and wants them to come to faith in his son and it specifically said god shows his love for us that while we were yet still sinners christ died for us and so again the whole world was fallen at this point but jesus still chose to die for every single person um there's lots of other scriptures uh second peter 3 9 and first timothy 2 4 that talks about how God wants every person to reach repentance and every person to be saved. And so that's why it's important we testify to every person because God wants every person in heaven, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're from a very small kind of group of people who believe this very small specific thing or from a diverse uh, nation that is from all over the world with all different backgrounds. God wants a diverse heaven. And we're going to talk a lot about that too. Speaking of heaven, God really wants everyone there. But of course, all people will be equally valuable in heaven. And in Revelation 7, 9, which is one of my favorite verses that I've been reading a lot in this time to kind of fight back the lies that people, like, I don't matter. John was given a vision of heaven in this scripture. And it says, after this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation every tribe and peoples and language standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and this is just such a beautiful image of what heaven's gonna look like and something that i posted actually earlier this month i talked about how basically that if you're uncomfortable with diverse people group here on earth like if you're in a room with lots of different people and you're kind of uncomfy because you don't see Mm -hmm. enough of your people in the room heaven's gonna be a really awkward experience for you and i don't (laughs) know 
I don't. Oh my god. I don't want to say that you might not make it there because <laughs> I don't have that judgment. But if you're uncomfortable with di- like diverse people here on Earth, I'm sorry, but you're gonna have an <laughs> uncomfortable time in heaven, and that's just sad. That's so sad to think about that you made it to heaven, whatever you believed in Jesus, God is good, but you get there and you can't even hang out with your the people that you meet there because obviously you're still racist. And I just thought about that picture like a, a lot, and I think about how God really did love adding so much diversity onto this earth Mm -hmm. Um, but i also think um, christians specifically are still uncomfortable when they're not the majority like if the majority of the people around them don't look and think like them yeah it is problematic and it's also just sad too uh, because it's so wonderful experiencing other people's cultures and yeah i was very thankful that our friend group was very diverse we had a very diverse friend group um and it was so nice because we we got to experience cultures and be in that and we learned yeah and that that was learning each other's languages right exactly and i just so much fun i don't know it's just so much better um when you when you know people different cultures like it just you become just so much more aware of so many things um and it's just it's wonderful caucasian people do better (laughs) just kidding (laughs) i'm just kidding and even even people of color branch out like it's okay to have friends of different colors you should um everybody do better be more diverse i really think life is more full there are so many things i wouldn't know if i if i didn't have friends who were a different background than me and Mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful and i agree with you it's just so much better when you have people who don't look like you around you who are teaching you things about them but you're they're also learning things about you right and it's just so much fun it is fun. you could still fully be yourself around people who don't look like you Mm -hmm. like it's just it's just better Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of For the One Podcast, Racism and the Bible Part 1. If you're excited for Part 2, to let us know on Instagram, but you can look forward to an episode that talks about my and Tatiana's personal experiences with racism and practical steps you can take moving forward as a believer who wants to participate in racial reconciliation. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we're excited to see you next time. Bye.